Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. So today, I have the uh, privilege of kind of finishing out our series uh, called Fear Less. And uh, I want to start by just a small question. So quick show of hands. Um, who loves to struggle with anxiety? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, so who, loves, uh, uh, who loves being distracted when you're in the middle of something very important? Nobody. Okay. All right. So... I, I want to share with you, I believe that distractions come in all shapes and sizes. There, there's all kinds of distractions that we deal with. And uh, you, you, may, you may know a little bit about this. So like you have a plan and something's working great. And then someone or something gets involved and the train just gets derailed. You know, you know how that feels? Like four of y'all? Okay. It's 12 o'clock. Y'all got like two extra hours of sleep. <laughs> this is more fun if we talk back and forth. Okay. So, uh. You know, parents, let's talk a little bit about parents. So parents know what this is like. My wife knows way better than me because I'm a guy and she does things better than I do sometimes. But she'll spend like two hours cleaning like this area of, the ho- of our home. And what took her two hours to make pristine, it takes 20 seconds for my eight-year-old to completely erase all the good work she just did and just destroy the room. Oh, that don't happen at your house? It's just at mine? Y'all, church is supposed to be fun. Let's have fun. So, you know, here's the thing I want to say before I get too far in today, though, is that there is a difference between, like, medical, uh, medically diagnosed anxiety and the self-inflicted anxiety that I'm talking to you about today. Okay, so I'm aware of that. Those are two different things. Um, and, and I find that a lot of things, a lot of times distractions in our life cause us anxiety. And uh, that, that anxiety... Uh, d- kind of dictates and controls like our thoughts. It, it, it gets in our head. It's in our mind. And so I titled today's message, Taking Back My Mind. Like that's my title, right? So we're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to kind of travel with Jesus and his disciples a little bit today in Luke uh, chapter 10, as he kind of comes upon the home of, of some family, you know, some kind of Friends of the family, so to speak, okay? A couple sisters that he's, he's known for a while. And so we're just going to get straight into it here. Verse 38 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now I'm going to pause there and just say, have you ever noticed as you're reading through the Gospels in your personal time, uh, have you ever noticed that Jesus is always going somewhere? Like, always, like, that's the guy I want to be friends with, right? Like, he is always going somewhere. He never just sits still. He's always traveling and doing all these different things from town to town to town. And uh, here's the thing, though. What, what we know, we have kind of, uh, we, we can look back and know that no matter where Jesus was going, he was always going one place. He was heading to the cross. No matter where he was going, that was his end game. Like, he knew. He, he knew. As a matter of fact, right after the altercation that we're, going to learn about today, right after that was the Last Supper, the trial, and the crucifixion. So I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, okay, he appreciated this stop on the track. You know what I'm saying? 
But, but what, we, what we need to learn about Jesus, though, is that he did not always meet the expectations of everyone around him. You know what that feels like? Like you don't always live up to what everybody else thinks you should do. And, and here's the thing. Jesus didn't let things distract him. He couldn't afford those distractions. He knew where he was going. And sometimes, unfortunately, as he was living out God's plan, his father's plan for his life, the purpose that he had given him, at some point, you know, he, he couldn't afford those distractions. And the, prob- the, the, the thing is, unfortunately, the people that he cared about around him, sometimes that meant that they suffered or they had pain or they felt loss or they felt frustration or they felt anxiety. Because Jesus couldn't be distracted by everything. Jesus did, did more for the world than anyone, but he couldn't be distracted by every little thing. He was on mission. And here's, here's what I think is that with God, sometimes I think our plans are actually the distractions. Like you plan something and maybe it's not what God's planned for you. And so you resist his plan to get to yours. But as, as we will learn, and so will Martha very soon, Sometimes I believe God's gifts come on the way to our goals. Like his greatest gifts sometimes come when we're trying to do things our way. And, and we realize that there's a better way, a different way. So we're going to pick back up with our verse here. She had a sister called Mary. This is Martha. Martha had a sister called Mary, not Jesus' mom, completely different Mary, um, who sat at the Lord's feet. And just kind of picture this. She sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now I'm going to read this again the way that I really think Martha said this, okay? Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Love how Jesus answered. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Mary chose the filet. Martha chose like the beanie weenies. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the potted meat or whatever kind of nasty, you know what I mean? So Martha chose the spam. Mary chose the filet. Here's a better one. Mary chose Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's Sunday. Y'all going to be hungry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Martha chose McDonald's. So now I do have a question to make before we go any further. My favorite character in this story, and maybe yours too if you're honest, is the one that Jesus corrected. I like Martha. Martha's a get it done kind of person. You know, Mary's all carefree and, and you know what I mean? And Martha is, at the first look, I, I would say that Martha is the person that most of us would want to hire. And we don't even want to work with Mary. Mary's so carefree and, you know, nothing's wrong with me. Put it into some, you know, Martha's working hard to be a good host. Mary's hanging out with the guests. Mary's all like, here I am to worship. Martha's like, should be in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? They're different. Martha's paying the bills and saving for retirement, and Mary's got to go fund me. You know what I'm saying? Now y'all are awake. We should have started that way, church. Parents, let's look at the parent side. So somebody once said that if you don't yell at your kids, you're not around them enough. Mary parents, Mary parents like, 
oh, baby, it's okay. I know you burned down the doghouse. It's okay. It's fine. Martha parents go hoarse trying to keep our kids off of drugs and out of jail. You know what I mean? Where my Martha's at? We got some Martha's. Martha's cool. Thank God for Martha. So it's strange, and this melted my mind when I was preparing for today. It's strange that Jesus rebuked the responsible one. Like, I don't get that, Jesus. I like Martha. But for the football fans or really any sports fans, you've heard the expression, upon further review. So upon further review, I don't believe that it's what Martha did. I believe it's how she did it that Jesus was actually correcting. It, it's, it's the spirit behind it, the attitude behind it. See, Martha had let her distractions become her self-inflicted anxiety. And she was taking it out on other people. Now, I know none of y'all would ever do that. So, um, you know, it all starts up here. Like, this is where our anxiety, those self-inflicted ones, this is where that starts. Not the person sitting next to you. Too far. Okay. All right. Here's the truth. The truth is that most days I believe Martha and Mary were on the same page. Like, I believe they were the same. Like, there's a reason Jesus wanted to hang out at their house. You know what I mean? I believe they had the nicest floral arrangement down the sidewalk, you know, whatever it looked like back then. Um, I believe that, that their house was clean and tidy. I believe that they did that and worked together to make it that way. But on this day, we see basically two people who are very similar respond to a different situation a different way. And we see kind of two takes on the thought process and the attitudes behind everything. So I want to share with you today four characteristics on Martha's thoughts. I'm going to apologize in advance that most of these are big words. So the first one though, and write this one down, the first characteristic of Martha's thoughts is manipulation. Manipulation. You know, we, we all know what this is, right? doesn't have to be this big, huge thing. Like sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's small. Like these, these, these tiny little things. Like with Martha, it can even mean doing the right things the wrong way. That, that can be manipulative. You know, I, I've kind of drawn out from this is that sometimes we control the things that God really called us to care for. We control what we're called to care for. And that's a, there's a difference. There's, there's a huge difference there. Uh, verse 38, here we see, Martha opened her home to him. Talking about Jesus and the disciples, right? Martha opened her home. And then two verses later, tell her to come and help me. Like she invites Jesus over for dinner and then starts telling him what to do. Listen, I enjoy being invited over for dinner, hint, hint. Especially when you're cooking. But don't tell me what to do when I get there. That's just rude. Like I'll take a doggy bag. Right? Like if I'm Jesus, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, can I get this to go? Because that's, that's just weird. That's manipulative. For dads, dads know what this is like. Moms maybe too. I feel like y'all are better at this than dads are, just to be honest. But, but dads, we know what it looks like when our child pl- tries to play one parent against the other. Y'all know what that's like? Okay, so it's not just my house. All right, good. Um, and, and kids, we know y'all do it, by the way. We're on to you. We did it too. So, but I learned the same lesson that I feel like most dads did is that when Christian, who's eight now, my wife's name is Jessica. I think I said that already, but just in case. So when Christian came to me and he's like, mom won't, she doesn't love me. Yeah. He's like, he was like four when he did this the first time and I screwed it up. 
maybe even earlier than that, but mom doesn't love me. She doesn't care about me. She doesn't care about my happiness. She won't let me eat a five pound bag of sour Skittles and mac and cheese and ice cream for dinner tonight. Can I please? And, and that's probably not exactly the way that story went, but I made the fatal mistake, near fatal mistake of saying, yeah, sure, that's fine. Now, dads know what happened and I haven't made that mistake again. <laughs> Proud of myself, that's right. Haven't made that mistake again, not even once. Uh, now when that happens, I'm like, no, I like her more. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into details, he'll learn when he's older, but I like her better. So um, here's what happened though. Martha had house guests that she was called to manage and she went from managing her surroundings to manipulating the people who surrounded her. And that's different. That's where the problem comes in. That's where the problem comes in. I want to share with you a next step. And it's on the back of your connection card. I want to challenge each and every one of you. I checked this on mine. Is that a while back, I was reading through uh, one of the Christian leadership blogs that I read. And the guy gives two, two rules to change your life, right? And I'm like, oh, I can do that. Whatever two things are, surely I can do those. And th they've been hard, but I want to tell you, they've been so impactful on my life that I've actually written them down in my chicken scratch handwriting and slid them under like the glass pane on my desk. So they're the first thing that I see when I start to work every day. And they're the, the first one is I will control the things I can. The second one is I will control the way I respond to the things that I can't. Very simple. There's a huge difference. So that's my challenge for you. The next step on your card says, I will control the things I can and control my response to the things I can't. It'll change your life. Number two, the second characteristic that we can learn from Martha is obligation. Obligation. Like some of y'all cringed a little bit when I said that. I want to tell you this today. The spirit of obligation on your life is the enemy of your joy. Like it will kill the joy in your life. And maybe you're thinking, well, hey, I got obligations. You, you'll see what I'm saying. So verse 38, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was distracted. And we know where that leads. Jesus said that Mary has chosen what is better. See, you see here that Martha has contracted what I like to call the I gotta virus. Like I gotta go to work today. Y'all know the one, I got to go to bed early because then I got to get up early tomorrow. You know, I got to pay bills. I got to keep up my house. I got to spend time with my wife, my husband, my kids. I got to be nice to people. You know what I mean? That's the, I got a virus. But see, Mary with a godly attitude says, I get to. Because you don't got to do none of those. That's terrible grammar. It just sounds better though. You don't got to do any of those. You don't got to have indoor plumbing. I mean, there's people that don't, right? You don't got to do the dishes. You get to do the dishes with the machine that does 85% of the work for you. You know what I'm saying? So go home and do your dishes. Let them pile up in this. Anyway, so here's what I'm saying. There's a difference because with a godly attitude, we realize that we get to. You know, and, and so I want to I share with you, you know, I, the wrong attitude says I got to go to church to serve tomorrow because they need me. The right attitude says I get to because it matters. 
I get to serve in kids' ministry because it matters. It's going to matter for those kids. I get to do this. I get to do that. And I want to tell you, if you want to know what that looks like, on the back of your connection card, you can, you can check the box that says send me information for growth track. Because as everybody here knows, that's your next step. We say it every week. So um, I, I just, I'll send you some information on that, and you'll learn what it likes to get on the team and get in the game and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Amen? All right. Now, what about this one? We've all done this on a Saturday night. I got to go to church tomorrow. Oh, y'all did that last night, didn't you? Somebody. I got to go to church. No, you don't got to go. If you come here because you got to, don't come. Not when every week I meet people from, that, that drive in week in and week out from Stone Mountain and, and the other side of Jonesboro. You know what I'm saying? And Pike County. Like, I don't even know how to get to Pike County, Pike County, all these other places, and they wake up on Sunday morning three hours before any of us do because they get to, and they want to. There's a difference. There's a difference. What about what I said about, like, I got to be nice to people? Anybody think about that? Anybody catch that? What about I get to be kind to people because God has been so kind to me? And if you're here and you're like, I want to embrace that kindness, what is that like in my life? Look, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Okay, if everything was perfect, we would need to come to church to learn how to get better. I wouldn't either. But I want to tell you that inside your program, there's a prayer. And it's a simple prayer, but it will change your life. It is called the prayer to become a Christ follower. So if that's you today, and you're like, I want that. I want that kindness in my life so that, so that I can be that way with others. I would encourage you today to pray that. And if you do, here's all I ask. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just on the back of your connection card, if you would check the box, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to pray for you this week. That's it. That's it. I want to pray for you this week. What about number three? The third characteristic is this, and again, I'm sorry for the big words. I know Pastor Jeff doesn't use them. He's nicer, but victimization. He will be proud because they rhyme. Number three is victimization. Vict victimization. I want to say this, that there is a difference between being a victim and playing the victim. Being a victim means something awful was done to me. Playing the victim means this is my fault, but I'm going to blame somebody else. There's a difference. Martha was playing the victim. In verse 38, Martha opened her home to him. Like Martha did this. She opened her home. And then a few verses later, Martha, you're worried and upset over many things, but few are needed, indeed only one. See, this was her idea. This was her plan. Let me ask you something. Are you mad about the schedule you made? I didn't to tell you to sign your kid up for 17 things every week. You, don't be mad about the schedule. You, I know you got to go to work. I got to go to work. But the time outside of that is up to you. We go around expecting urgent solutions to our bad decisions. See, and what Martha wanted was Jesus to be a quick fix for her overcommitment. She opened the door. Listen, listen, it's one thing to have people over to your house, but imagine being Martha, and you've, you've worked hard to do this house. And, and God bless her. Worked hard to take your house, make it nice. And these guys aren't wearing shoes and boots, right? I mean, you got Jesus and 12 people, okay? That is 26 dirty feet walking in your house. The whole house smelled like feet probably. I'm saying they didn't have air conditioners and filters and all that. 
Just imagine being Martha for a minute. But Martha overcommitted. Here's what I'm saying. If dinner's not going to be ready till 8, don't tell everybody to be there at 5. I'm sorry. I'll move on. Don't, don't you go home and use that against me or use that against your husband or wife. But you know what I mean. Don't overcommit. It's like, a, you know, we do this when we play the, uh, um, it's what I call the comparison game. Y'all ever do that? Yeah, let me tell you, comparison game, you will lose every time. It's like you're scrolling through your Instagram feed, right? Facebook, whatever. Yeah, you're scrolling through it and you see this perfect family portrait. Like it's the family picture you wish you have always been in. You know, all the kids, like not a hair out of place, no ketchup on their face. Everybody looks good. Even the dog, y'all, the dog is facing the camera perfect. And animals don't do that. Hey, like I said, thank God for Martha, but thank God for Photoshop. Amen? So, but here's what we do though. We see that and then we look at the picture we took like last week. And we compare our average to other people's highlights. Like imagine being a pro baseball player and you compare your 10-year batting average to somebody else's World Series winning game. That's ridiculous. You will never, ever, ever win the comparison game. And that photo took twice as long as you think it did for them to get right. And like I said, it's probably been edited. But anyway, comparison will always kill your contentment. So if you're here, you're thinking, how can I find contentment? If you don't have a life verse, let me just go ahead and tell you, you can have this one. I'm going to read it with you. Colossians 3.23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. And that's good. That's good. Like we could pray and go home. That's good. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, work willingly. You're doing it for God, not for other people. Number four, another big word interpretation. So we're going to look at how Martha interpreted the things around her. So I believe that playing the victim, manipulating others, and having a spirit of obligation all worked in conjunction to define her interpretation of what was going on around her. Like all of those things work together. Another story about my son Christian. I talk about him a lot. Uh, He really is an awesome kid, so I'm not picking on him. But it's the end of school last week. So I was like, I want to do something, go take you out for a treat. And dad's like, everybody knows when we say that it's because we want one, but we need a reason. So I'm like, hey, Christian, I'm going to take you to Dairy Queen for a blizzard, right? And y'all, he picks the weirdest things. If you have kids, you know, he picked like cotton candy and M&Ms. It's like the carnival and the movie theater in one cup. It just doesn't go together. It's nasty. I tried it. It was gross. I mean, I still tried it, but it was gross. Here's what happens, though. We're going for a five-minute drive. And as soon as we get in the car, I hear him playing on his tablet. You know, beep, 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 beep. It's not like he's playing Galaga behind me. And I'm like, whoa, dude, we're going five minutes down the road. Let's talk about the summer. You know, let, let's just talk. He's eight. He doesn't care. So I reach back, and I'm like, he's like, uh-uh. So I reach back. I take the tablet from him, and I sit it in the front seat. Y'all, he lost his mind. You don't love, it's the same stuff he said about mom won't let me. You don't love me. You don't care about my happiness. I'm like, bro, it's five minutes and I'm going to get you ice cream. Because see, what happens though is when our interpretation's off, we, get, we begin interpreting things the wrong way. Like he was interpreting that the wrong way. Like me taking that meant I don't love him. That's kind of like when we say, well, nobody called and checked on me means nobody cares. Or nobody noticed I wasn't there and they didn't call, so they must not need me. 
I don't matter. We interpret things the wrong way because we assume we know everything. I want to tell you, if you're not in a small group or you've never been in a small group here at SCC, this summer we're doing something completely different. I want to give you an opportunity to find a group of friends that will be praying for you when you're going through things instead of wondering where you're at. They'll know and they'll support you and they'll love you. Uh, all you have to do, and I'll send you information on this as well, it's just called Circle Up. There's a small little thing inside your program. You can read all about it, and I won't get into it, but it's designed to let you be a part of a group from day one. And so you, you never miss the inside jokes, you know what I mean? Like you create the inside jokes. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that if that's you today. But here's what I've learned more than anything from studying Mary and Martha is that everything is not the way that I think it is. Like, I don't know what you're thinking right now, but I, I want to tell you, I am the world's worst classic overthinker, okay? People that work with me know this, but I'm the world's worst overthinker. You could come to me and tell me, hey, man, I like your shoes. I'd be like, appreciate it. Yeah, I got some style. And then tomorrow I'm like, was that sarcasm? Was he for real? I will worry about that for three days, losing sleep. I'm telling you, I'm the worst overthinker. That's like when y'all, you know, somebody told me last service and I already caught myself doing it. And they were like, hey, that's a good message. I'm like, yeah, yeah, God's good. Amen. And then I'm like, wait, I'm the world's worst overthinker. But if we're honest, all of us do it. We think we know what everybody meant by what they said last week at the lunchroom table or the break room table or what our boss said when they complimented us and then went away. And we don't really know if they meant it. Like we all overthink. And that's what Martha did. Uh, her interpretation was off. You know, we read Mary and Martha, and maybe somebody here today is interpreting that wrong too, because one of the ways that we'll read this, this story is that it's work and worship. Like it's a story of the two. But it's not supposed to be a story of the two set apart. See, because like I said, Mary and Martha are the same most days. This is one event. And we're not going to judge them based on one event when they lived an entire life what I believe that God is trying to teach us through this interaction they have with Jesus is that he wants us to get to a place to where we can't tell the difference. Like work and worship, work and worship. I want to introduce you to somebody um, It's coming up behind me. His name's Harry. And you may know Harry. Harry is a wonderful guy. Um, uh, there's a photo that's uh, going to be coming up, and it's he and his mom, Van. And uh, they're, they're all here today. And, uh, but here, I want to tell you a story about Harry. Harry has been with the church now since earlier this year. He's actually on staff as our facility manager. So here's what I want you to do. Um, if you see him out in the hallways or anything like that, and you appreciate that your church is nice and tidy and clean and smells nice and that everything works, tell him thank you. He works very hard for that. He works very hard for that. Yeah. That's a good way to embarrass somebody. But, but no, but here's, the, here's what I want to tell you about him. His second or third day here, I leave the office and I go to look for him, right? And when I find him, he's cleaning something that none of us wants to clean, okay? Right? He's, he's cleaning something that we don't even want to think about unless we need it, right? So, um, and as, as the closer I got to him, I thought he was talking to himself, y'all. I thought that working here for a few days had already driven him nuts. But the closer I got, the more I realized he was singing and he was singing worship music. Like while he was down on his hands and knees cleaning something that I don't even want to touch, he was singing God's praises. 
And that's when this message like kind of birthed in my mind. And I, and I knew that I was speaking this weekend and I was like, I think that's where I'm going. It's, I believe that when worship and work come together, and I'm not saying you got to like sit down at your cubicle tomorrow or Tuesday and just start singing. People will think you're weird, but here's what I'm saying. You remember we just read that whatever you do, if you do it for the Lord rather than people, it is an act of worship. That's what I want to challenge you with today is that he knew the difference and he combined them. Both of those are in his heart and it's so inspiring and I'm so thankful for him. Uh, Here's what I've learned is that they need each other. Mary and Martha need each other. Work and worship need each other. We're supposed to get to a place where Everything that we do is work and worship. And it's all part of our daily routine. Because here's what I've learned is when you do something with the right heart, it's an act of worship. And here's what I would like to do. I would like to ask you guys to stand with me. We're going to close service a little different. Uh, There's a passage in Philippians 4 that we've been reading each and every week throughout this entire Fearless series. And I want us to read it together, and then I'm going to close us in prayer, and we'll have a great time of worship. So let's read. Read this with me, please. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I want to pray for you and then we're going to worship and I want to encourage you to worship with all you got. Father God, thank you. Uh, that Thank you that we live in a nation that gives us the freedom to worship you freely. Thank you, Father, for the chance these last several weeks to, to learn how to deal with these things that we don't usually even want to talk about, that we all deal with, but nobody likes to talk about. God, I pray that, that through this series and through the messages that, that Pastor Jeff gave us leading up to this week, and, and maybe we all learned something today too, Father. And I just pray that as we can put those things into practice so that we can see a change in our life and our family. For generations to come and in doing so, God, I believe that we change the world just a little bit. Just a little bit. God, I thank you for the ability to learn these things and worship you together. And I truly believe that that Jesus, you change everything. Everything that's going on in our life can change if we turn to you. And in doing so, we can truly live a life where we fear less. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.